Yo, we out here yet again. It's the Buff Missionary. Go to Mission. We out here on the podcast on the vlog. Like, subscribe, and share. If you're watching right now, hit that subscribe button and hit the bell to get more. You know what I'm saying? We out here. It's another episode, and I have a returning guest on the pod, my good friend Jay Furies. What's up, my What's dude? What's up, bro? Good to be back. Yo, I believe the last time that we did a podcast was over... The phone or Zoom or Zoom. something like that? It was Zoom. Yes, yeah. this was back in COVID time. It bro. was, bro. Oh, <laughs> man, what a time. Let's talk about we out here. We're up here at Andrews <laughs> University. We're right here on the campus. It's a beautiful, cold, 34-degree day. Of year. <sighs> we won't talk about that that much. No, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, it's good. We're up here both working together now. Yeah. Which is nice, and uh, I'm wrapping up my experience in the seminary. He's starting his in the yeah, seminary. Oh, man. And we just had, there was a, a topic on our hearts <laughs> that, <laughs> like, all right, you, you guys know how it is. I always say this. We keep it real out here. We're not pulling any punches. Yeah. We're going to speak what we think. We're yeah. going to say, like, uncut, unfiltered. That's, that's how we roll. <laughs> And this particular topic is very much yes. along the lines uh, of, of that. And we could very well get canceled for some of the things we're going to say here. Oh, man, oh, man. And you know what? We're okay with that yeah. because more likely than not, the people who will try to be canceling us are going to be those who are in line with some of the things. And maybe yeah, you'll, you'll see. All right? You'll see. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much before we actually jump into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So without further ado, we were having this conversation it was probably, man, maybe a month ago now. Yeah. It was yeah. a good minute. It's been a minute. So I don't remember everything. We won't rehash it word for word, but yeah. this is going to be us revisiting this conversation, and I'm looking forward to it. So, Jafia, one first, how's it going, bro? Oh, bro, it's good. Not feeling the weather. Like, <laughs> I'm not about the cold, but I'm, I'm happy to be at Andrews. Like, just, you know, reconnecting with, with good people and meeting new ones, like, that has been really good. So I've I've enjoyed my experience so far here at Andrews. Man, That's been I'm, good. So I'm good today. I'm glad to hear that, yeah, man. It's yeah, a good day. It's yeah, a good day. It's a good day. <laughs> and second, we'll jump right in. Yeah. Um, talk to us about not just the topic, but what kind of brought it up in the context uh, yeah. that we were in. I think, you know, just talking about... I, I don't remember for sure how it started, but I think we were just sitting down. We have been kind of just dialoguing about other stuff and then just talking about our experience um, as as black people and how I think that I have had a different perspective than some of the things I've heard, some of the different narratives going on out there. And, and I've been like, man, does that mean my experience isn't real mm. or it's less valid? Or maybe I've just been like confused or tricked, um, you know, because I can't relate to some of the stuff that has been said, not to take away from what people have said or to say, like, oh, that's not true. Um, it's just, I've had a different experience. And, and, and I guess we just kind of started talking about it like, man, does that mean our experience is wrong? Does that mean our experience is bad? Is my perspective like, oh, I just have a bad perspective. I, I just need to kind of change my perspective, change my narrative so that it fits what I've been hearing. Um, and just kind of the wrestling in that and, and how it's like, dang, like, 
Am I not that black? Like, am I not? <laughs> like dang it, bro. Like, this doesn't count? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, maybe, oh, maybe I'm like a, what they say, like the, the coconut or the Oreos. Like, I'm black on the outside, but I'm white on the inside. Uh, yeah, so, like, <laughs> I've been got. Um, so, yeah, I think we, and we were just talking about that and these different experiences that we've had that seem to be maybe different than some of the other ones we've heard. And it's like, man. Is there space for that? Is there space to talk about that? And and what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it all just hey, nope, it's it, it's all this thing. So um, yeah, that was that was kind of the conversation that we had and just kind of laughing. So definitely, I think we always <laughs> put the humor in it because some of it's just straight up funny. Yeah. Um, and then some of it was just like, oh man, like that's I don't I don't like that. Like I don't like that. This is where sometimes it goes. Yes. Um, the conversation or the experience or. Um, yeah, so just just talk about that, and then yeah, I think the repeated refrain was the look around and being like, <laughs> I don't know if I say this if I get canceled or right. they, re- they revoke my uh, card. So. <laughs> so when you're talking about this this thing, yeah, give the listeners maybe a little more context on what this overarching narrative, yeah, that is out there. Yeah, so I think it was just about the experience of of racism. And talking about how we experience it, and and that if I'm if I'm being honest with myself, I've either it's either I've never experienced it or just very minimal, or it's just been like I really have experienced it, but I've just been either overlooking it or I've just been blind to it. And so I guess that's that's kind of where it, you know kind of the conversation started was man like I hear these stories and I hear people's experiences and I don't invalidate them. I don't say, like, oh, oh, I think you're lying. Um, it's just when I look at my experience to try to relate or to try to say, like, okay, like now I'm going to share my story. It's like, oh, man, my, my experience uh, with with racism or with some of these things that other people have experienced, it hasn't been the same. Mm-hmm. And I guess I've been, you know, I think kind of the conversation come up because, like, I'm fearful to share that because it's like, is it gonna get shut down? Is it gonna be seen like, oh, you're doing harm to the to the cause? <laughs> or like, nah, bro, you don't know. So um, I think that's, yeah, yeah. So, so this thing is the experience of racism. Have, what has been my experience with, with white people? What has been my experience with other minorities or even within my own race? And, and kind of just my experience and how when I hear other ones and when we've, when we've talked, our experience has been a little different. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Where's the place for that yeah. conversation? Yeah. I, I love that question. I love bringing up that conversation because obviously in today's world, it's very racially charged. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like if if you're not seeing any everything as black and white, then you're you're a sellout or yeah. you're not you're not paying attention hard enough, you're asleep, you're not woke. <laughs> you're not woke. <laughs> and it's fam. like, nah, man, I feel that hundred percent. Like me growing up. I was one of, of a few black kids in the, the city school there. Yeah. Small Virginia country town. Yeah. It's the South. It's the South. So, you yeah. know, it yeah. is yeah. what it is. I remember uh, an hour south of us was a town called Lynchburg. Ooh. So you probably know why that was called what it was. Didn't go down there that often. Nah, but stay. <laughs> stay away. But even still, I never felt like... It, it was it was obvious to me that there were a few people who looked like me in the school. Yeah. And that I was in the minority. That was obvious. Yeah. But in terms of what I experienced there, I never felt like I was put down because I was different or yeah. because I was in the minority. Yeah. Like, I, 
I always thought that I was like the best athlete ever. <laughs> and I would always get picked second. Yeah. And to me, I could justify it because the guy who always got picked first was a he was an upperclassman, yeah. a grade or two higher than me, probably a foot taller than me, okay, and so there faster was than me. There, there was he reason. could jump higher. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. It wasn't just oh, he's the white guy, so we're gonna pick him first. Yeah. It's like no, I can see he's he's better at this stuff than I am. Yeah. So he's going to get picked first. For sure, for and sure. when he wasn't there, I got picked first. So I, I can't yes. complain. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It was it was balanced around. And so growing up with that, I felt. I felt pretty comfortable there. It, it's weird because when it comes to your parents and their experience, it's a lot different. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, man, my dad, my, I, I love this dude, but yeah. I joke with him all the time because everything to him is racist. <laughs> 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 like, it could, be, it could be that somebody passed you on the interstate and it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, there he is. <laughs> Our people. Man. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but don't let me go over the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's so funny to me because yeah. in my perspective, it's so hard for me to immediately put that lens on mm -hmm. and see everything like that. But at the same time, I have to understand, I didn't have his experience growing up. Yes. You know, I didn't live in the times that he did. Yeah. 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. A lot of this stuff was a lot more intense. And, and my parents, like, my parents are immigrants. Um, you know, so they have different names coming in. I mean, my sister and I have different names too. I mean, my name's Jafia, you don't hear that. And my mom's Liamon and Eliel. And so like, they've had the mispronunciation, they've had the lumping in of like, oh, black and you're African, oh, there's no difference. Or, um, you know, just being treated a certain way. So yeah, again, it, it's not to, I don't even think in this conversation or the conversation we had, it invalidates that real things happen and that people have had an experience. Not at all. It's just, man, my experience was different. Right. Um, and, and, and to your point of growing up, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and it was, I, you know, I believe it was pretty multicultural, but even then, I don't think white people were the majority. It was mm. a lot more Hispanic. I went to school with a lot of Mexicanos. Like, I went, like, in the classroom, I think there was maybe two black kids and then one white kid, maybe two. Um, and then the other 20 were Hispanic. And so, yeah, I grew up hearing a lot of Spanish. I grew up um, hearing, um, a, like growing up around that culture and a lot more of that. So, and, and yeah, there was, there was some like name calling and some like treatment here, but it wasn't from white people. It was from mm -hmm. like the Hispanic kids that I went to school with. And then there was learning on my part that had to happen um, on some, some ideologies there. Uh, and, and so, yeah, and then the church I went to was mixed, like, um, and obviously it wasn't perfect, it had its things, but I think I had friends of different colors, of, of different uh, backgrounds, and I loved it. I mean, I just enjoyed it immensely. And I, yeah, obviously, like, obviously nothing's perfect. You, maybe you look back and you say, oh, maybe that wasn't great. But growing up, it was like, oh, snap, like, that was a good time. Mm -hmm. And um, the people that I came across, the individuals that I came through, like, I didn't think I lacked opportunities because of my color, mm. at least in my my eyes or my view. Yeah, so. I I really like that you brought that point up. Like where where we come from, yeah. like culturally, really plays a big part in kind of what we think we're capable of and and the kinds of things that we would assume we deserve. Yeah. Um, I don't want to use the word what we feel we're entitled to because mm -hmm. that word has a real negative yes, connotation yes, these days. Yes, yes, <laughs> but 
when I think of my experience going through high school, especially, like, not only do I feel like I had access to every other opportunity, I look back and for context, I was a horrible student. Like, <laughs> for me, it was, what do I need to do to get on the basketball team? Oh, straight C's? So that's what I did, Got straight you. C's. And right now, I'll look back and say, I think it's harder to get straight C's than it is to get all A's. Oh. Because you have to try and, and stop at a certain point. You can't just uh, unleash your full potential. Got you. you. Know what I'm okay, okay, okay. I think it's easier. Think, yeah. And I am a 4.0 student now. So, Ooh, you know, we, we out here changing it up. But go. back then, different, different story, different <laughs> struggle. Okay. I hear you, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I would look at, I, I knew that my parents had done high school. And yeah. that's kind of where they had stopped. And then they went into a blue collar, the mm, workforce. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what I thought I was entitled to. That experience. Mm. So high school didn't have much value to me from yeah. an education standpoint. Yeah. Because in looking at my family, well, this is just what we do. Yeah. And it's not that, oh, because I'm this and because I'm that, you can't go to college and you're not smart enough to. Yeah. I didn't apply myself because I didn't see that as the pattern of wow. my, my experience. Now, again, comparing the, the, the past and the present, it is true that my parents may have experienced something that kept them from getting to that mm -hmm. level. That mm -hmm. is possible. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. I haven't asked them about that. True. But when it came to my time, it wasn't an obstacle. Yeah. And I know this because even though I had zero plans of going to um, college by the time I finished high school, and I did go to college days, one at Oakwood. We're not going to talk about that. My bad. <laughs> that was part of the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. We, that's, <laughs> Oakwood, Oakwood University is doing better things now, all right? But back in the days of OC, Oakwood College, look, I'm just going to say this. If you appreciated your experience down there, I'm happy for you. But man, I was not man. impressed at college days, okay? Like, <laughs> straight up. It was the only school I went to, and it was the first one I decided I'm, not, I'm never coming here. Oh, <laughs> 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 you! I had two yeah. uncles that went there. I have a cousin that went there. Go, you. My sister went there, so. <laughs> hey, true, true, true. Respect, respect. <laughs> I've never been. I've, I can't be honest. Like, I think I visited, like, three Adventist schools, so I don't really know <laughs> the lay of the land. I will say there were some rough runs, Southwestern, but yeah. There was some. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about the lay of the land down at Oakwood? I'll tell, I'll tell you this, all right? I'm not going to go into the whole college days experience there, but driving down the road to get there, I look out, and on the side of the road, I see something I've never seen before. I'm like, what is this white spongy stuff on these bushes? It's oh. cotton fields. Stop. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I couldn't believe it. Like, Whoa. I felt like I was going back in the past. You hear about the stuff, like yeah. the cotton trade and stuff in the yeah. history books yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know, like, wow. that was legit, legit. Dang. Until going down there. That's wild. So, I don't know. Maybe that kind of scared me, too. Like, <laughs> oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> I'm about to go back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But yeah. that combined with the actual experience I had at the school, yeah, it, it didn't... I and, and to, to your point about growing up, like, it's funny that, you, I mean, it's crazy that you described me because mine was the opposite because I had two parents that had gone to college. Um, I think I think my mom was at college a little bit here in the States, but for sure um, in Liberia where they're from, and my dad went to college over there. So they, they had college degrees. Um, my mom was working on getting her master's when we were growing up, her MBA. Um, and, and my grandfather had been an educational superintendent back in his country. And so for us growing up, college, 
not that uh, it wasn't like it was forced upon me, but it seemed like it was never not an option. Mm. I was always going it was to the college. opposite. Yeah, right. I was I was always going to college. Mm-hmm. Like I got good grades because oh, I'm going. There's there's more to this. Yeah, right. That makes so much sense. Um, and masters, maybe I didn't think about that and that level. Maybe it, you know it wasn't that it was a bad thing. I just never really thought about. It. But oh, for sure I'm going to college. Because my parents went to college, and that's what they talked about. They said, hey, you got to go, you know, you got to get your kids education. So that was a big thing in my home. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and then, like, the black people that I grew up around, like, my family, stuff like that, were people that went to school, that were educated people, that um, they were, yeah, they were they were going to school. And, like, just a, a silly thing, I remember we watched a lot of old school shows, and the shows that I watched, black people like were Fresh Prince. <laughs> so like I just saw like these rich black Fresh Right. Um, and so like, um, yeah, like like for me, it was the opposite experience where education was highly valued, where education was highly pushed, like getting good grades and stuff like that. Like it wasn't your failure for you to be. It just was do your best. Mm-hmm. You can you can get an A. My mom would always say like, you're as good as anybody else in this class. Like if I was like. Man, I don't know if I could do it like Sam or or Javier. Like, homie, you're smart as any of them. Mm. You, I actually think you're smarter. Um, so, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I think growing up for me, you know, there was yeah, it didn't seem like there was a limit or like, oh, I can't do that because of this or that. Because I was looking at my parents mm-hmm. and I'm I'm hearing what they're telling me, and it's like, you're smart enough. Yeah. Um, and even when I told some people I was gonna be a pastor, they were like pastor like you could be a doctor like mm. you're actually smart like why are you gonna be a pastor so it's yeah, funny like it wasn't say that pastors are dumb no, no. Yeah. we don't say that but they kind of saw it as like you're not going as far as you could go yeah. like so that Interesting. was exactly right like it wasn't like oh you're a pastor like whoo that's that's your speed <laughs> it was like you're not gonna be a doctor. You're not gonna be like something where you you can actually like have to mentally stress. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. I remember that was interesting growing up. Just just hearing several times like, oh, pastor, okay, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, dude, that is that's so interesting. Like there's like I said that the cultural background and the experiences that we have often play a bigger part into what we think is possible. Yeah. Than the culture. The other culture outside of us, yeah, yeah. and and today's society wants us to think the opposite. True, that because of all these external factors, this determines what I can and can't do. Yeah, and nothing about where I've come from or what the people who have come before me have accomplished plays a, a role at all. Yeah, like shoot, man, we had Obama as a president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the United States of America, where <laughs> slavery happened and all this stuff, yep. and Barack Obama was president. What, what does that tell you? I mean, it, yeah, like, I think it tells you that there is an accomplishment, and, and I think, I don't think in anything that we've said, it's like, it's not that we don't have more to go or we have more to progress. I think also, though, sometimes we miss how far we've come. Yeah. Like, the progress that's been made, that I, you and I can have this conversation, that, you know, that we can have certain freedoms that people, like, ancestors did not have. Like, my country, like, my country, but my parents' country was started by freed slaves. Mm. Right, like Liberia, Liberia, right, land of liberty. Like that's the background, slavery, mm. and, and people doing that. And now those same people can come back to this country and get degrees and be educated and 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 rise in the ranks and be mayors of cities and all that stuff. And, and so, like, yeah, I don't want to take away from any of the conversations of the the, the path that we still have to go. Mm-hmm. I think also we can appreciate. I think we should because then it gives the the. The journey forward more meaning we can appreciate 
how far we've come. We can appreciate the, yeah, the melting pot and, and the cultural diversity that we have. And when we bring it to Adventism, the, the great opportunity that this church has mm-hmm. um, to capitalize and to really be an example to the world of we can all coexist and we can all have a, a special place in Bro, the movement. You're, you're going exactly where I was going with this. Yeah. Because if, if there's any organization on the face of this earth yeah. that should be the model of what it looks like to live in harmony yeah. and progress forward, I would agree with you 100%. It should be Adventism, Seventh-day Adventist Christians should be yeah. the ones. But, but, <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not what we see. Yeah. Like, growing up in, in that little town, Stanton, Virginia, uh, we went to the black church. Yep. And the black church was part of the regional conference. Correct, yeah. And our church was literally a half a mile away, if that, from the white church, yep. which was a part of Potomac Conference. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I got you. And that was something I never really understood. As kids, we would go and attend, like, the VBS over at the other mm-hmm. church, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some of the others would come and interact with us. There, w- there wasn't much that happened back and forth, yeah. but it wasn't like, it wasn't like this taboo, like, oh, you can't go over there. It was just like, we didn't. Mm. Like, regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain things, sure, but regularly, it was just like, we just didn't. And I always had a question about why it was that way. And granted, when you look at the history yeah. of, of race relations in the States, I think there's definitely a great reason why things had to start that way, Correct. just to give people the opportunity to yeah. worship and to feel like a part of something. But, and, and so I have no issue with that. Mm-hmm. I think getting back to the, the main statement about Adventists being the ones who, who have the opportunity to be that real example, what I see today doesn't inspire me as much as I wish it did. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that, like, I would, I mean, growing up too, I went to the white, the, you know, the non-regional church, and there were regional churches around, and um, I remember coming to college and being like, man, regional conferences, they need to be done away with, <laughs> like, this is whack, and I didn't know any of the history mm-hmm. at all. So, like, it wasn't through, it wasn't until going through classes, and then I did a thesis paper on the Adventist Church in Texas that I was like, oh, okay. I was very uninformed and uh, did not realize how not that black people were choosing this, but how the white brothers and sisters were treating like, yo, you're in the back, or I don't want to worship with these people. So it, it's it, you're not even able to. Mm. And so this this started the regional conference, right? And then, you know, even today, you, there's... I think today one of the hardest things is the question of power, the question mm-hmm. of like who's going to have the voice, and and but what I do see as something that could be progress today, and as a pastor, I don't think I did a good job of it, but I'm like, man, there's no reason we shouldn't. Is why can't we work together on projects mm-hmm. in a community? And I think there are some churches that do that, regional and non-regional, that work together, that have good relation. But while we're waiting for the other question to be answered or all that stuff, there's no reason why, even though you are the regional church, I am not a regional church, why we can't work together in an area, why we can't both work together to this community. I think sometimes either side is demonized, Yeah. right? It's like, oh, that music over there. And it's like, come on, 
the, the music of the regional church is, is, is speaking <laughs> to an experience, and maybe right. you need to have an experience. <laughs> and then, right, it's like, oh, the white people are there, you know, the man. It's like, oh, come on, you don't know how multicultural this place is or, you know, the great things that are about there. And I think there's definitely space to say we can work together on projects. We can we can affect this community together because there's things that each of us have that we bring to this that are that this community can use and so i think there can definitely be more of that mm -hmm. um because yeah we, we have a question of how long will regional conferences last and that's above my pay grade mm -hmm. but what is very much in my wheelhouse is if you're the pastor the regional church and i'm not like i can come and say yo let's have lunch yeah like, yo, let's just talk about what's it like at your church because I think there's a lot more in common. You have to deal with the members where you're like, oh. <laughs> I, and I got to deal with the members where I'm like, bruh. And, and we got that, and our systems run a little differently, and there's probably things we can learn, and, and there's things that we can implement. And so, like, that's something that's very, very possible. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we don't realize the power of that. We don't access the power of that, and we stay in our silos. We stay in our groups kind of like you said, like, because we have to or mm -hmm. because it's just like we just don't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, and I think it, it takes that exposure to each other mm -hmm. um, to be able to grow. Man, even even as you're talking about that, it reminds me of when I think of big corporations, Yeah. whether worldwide or even just here in the United States, for example, you can see how there was integration throughout history. Yeah. Right. So the the big one that came to mind was Jackie Robinson. And mm -hmm. You had like the Negro Leagues. Yes. And you had the MLB. Yep. And it became one. Yep. So people were able to figure it out. There, it took some some hard experiences exactly. by some people, some exactly. sacrifices by some people, yeah. but it was able to happen. And that's not the only one. Obviously, schools have experienced yeah. that and gone through that, and and yet we're still here. Yeah. And and we see that and. I guess the reason it stands out so much to me is I have uh, a lot of friends who are not Adventist, yeah. and they talk about how, you know, this this whole belief in you, you talk about the gospel and loving yeah, other people yeah, yeah, and all yeah. this kind of stuff, and, well, what's going on? And it's a, it's a hard point to defend yeah. because I understand why it started, yeah. and, but I don't understand why it continues. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And, and I, like, I definitely know I don't have the answer to that because... I remember during the time of COVID and during some of the, you know, like doing the, the George Floyd and the Ahmaud Arbery, there was definitely renewed conversation at the church that I was in mm. um, that we had with some of the regional pastors and the conversations. The hard thing, though, is I think Christian body, something we struggle with is we have a lot of conversations mm. um, and then it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And so I think like that, yeah, that that's something that I know I don't have the answer to. I don't have the... Um, that full explanation. I just know that it, it is going to come through conversation and through dialogue and through, through working together, mm -hmm. through, through being real with one another. Um, because it's one thing to have them. It's another thing to be honest and say like, hey, this is a challenge of why it would be hard together instead of just saying like, well, you know, we they know how to do that ministry. We know how to do this ministry. No, let's talk about it. Let's talk about how like, yo, you have a whole retirement system in both sides that if you merge, some, something's gonna have to happen with that. Mm -hmm. That like the question of, yo, is it is the conversation always the regional conference needs to be absorbed into the regular conference? Well, mm -hmm. the regional conference covers more territory. Right. You know, so like it would make sense more for the non-regional conference to be absorbed there. 
but then now it's a question <laughs> of power. Now. Who's gonna be the president? Who's gonna be the vice president? Like, you know, so so there is, the, you know, I think we can be more real about some of these conversations because mm-hmm. then you can take steps forward. Yes. Rather than just hiding, or rather than just kind of saying like, yo, and and are there still problems and you know things that that we need to talk about that can go on to help us move forward? But I, yeah, I hear that. I think from definitely a non-Adventist perspective, it. It looks strange, mm-hmm. and it looks like, ooh, are you guys really as developed? Um, yeah, it, it, that's tough. It's a tough one. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think the natural progression of the conversation for me now is, you know, I look at the challenges that we face within the church because I, I think at this point I believe that Seventh-day Adventism has the true gospel, and I would say the truest form of the gospel yeah. in comparison to other religions. Um, I don't see that change for me anytime soon. But understanding that, understanding the challenges, how do I go forth as a missionary? Mm. And in the culture that we live in, how do I take all of these things and try to be effective showing who Jesus can be? Yeah, man. I, I think, like, th- th- you mentioned a good word. And, and I think maybe we still can learn of how the gospel and culture goes together. And I'm in a great class by Dr. Andrew Tompkins, Missions and Cultural Religious Context, love it. And just talking about like, yo, culture affects how we live. Mm-hmm. Like you, we just talked about it, right? Our cultural backgrounds and stuff like that. Like our culture affects how we live. And, and it's not, we don't need to come in and say, well, no, the culture's bad or the culture's this, but like, you know what? how is the culture going to affect how the gospel looks in this place? And it may look different. The core is not like, it's not going to be like Jesus didn't die for you or like you don't have this, you don't really have salvation. No, the core is still the same. But what it looks like and being okay with it, like mm. being okay with, with the different looks of it, um, as long as the core is going to seem like, it doesn't mean that if I go to another culture as a missionary, oh, the Sabbath isn't real. Like, well, <laughs> we can't talk about the Sabbath here. But, like, maybe the Sabbath will look a little different celebrated in this place, right? Yeah. Like, in America where, um, you know, we have capitalism, where we have working, I think it does look as a stop. Like, don't work. Um, you know, let's gather together. Um, but maybe in another place, it's it, it looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Maybe in another place, it is... Uh, you know, we do we do this kind of charity work or we gather together and do this kind of thing. We celebrate it in this way. Like, maybe it looks different. And being okay with that, and I think when we look at, because when we go back to that regional and non-regional church too, I think one of the conversations is the way of worship. Mm-hmm. And sadly, more t- towards the regional c- churches, it's their worship is lesser than it's loud, mm-hmm. it's too expressive, it's too that. Hey, that may not be for you. But it doesn't mean that it's a bad form of worship right. because it's coming from an experience. It's coming from a, you know, when I hear Marvin Sapp say, I would never would have made it without you. Yo, that hits me, man. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a descriptive of my experience that, man, I never would have made it. And so I'm going to see it a certain way. I'm going to express it a certain way. And it's going to look different. It doesn't mean that when we sing with the choirs and we sing, holy, holy, <laughs> that that's bad or that's like, oh, you aren't really praising God. No, <laughs> it just means that like that is a different way of expressing it. This one is more like to say, wow, look at the grandness and the majesty. And then this one is, let's let's look at the raw, real, mm-hmm. and, and, and both are needed. Yeah. You know, I think both are needed. And so I think 
what I would say to somebody going to a different culture, even in America, you know, if I'm going to pastor somewhere, is not to try to destroy the culture around me or to say, like, oh, your culture is so bad and evil, we need to get rid of stuff. But, like, where does this fit in with the gospel? Yes. What does the gospel look like here? Um, because if the gospel is truly transcendent, it means it can get into every culture. That means it has something to say to the American it has something to say to the to the um, the South South Korean. It has something to say to the Islander. Mm-hmm. It has something that has to be true. Yeah, right. For it to be really true, it has to be able to go to South America and make a difference. Yes, and that difference is going to look different than in North America, than in um, Africa. You know, just because the way our cultures are, and mm-hmm. so our cultures aren't the bad thing. I think that obviously there are, there are negatives in all of our expressions because of humanity. True. But um, like God, has, he came in and inhabited culture. He came and lived it. And so there's a redeeming quality in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with our church, we have that great example, but we have to allow, we have to be, I think we have to be more willing to be shaped by um, some of these cultural things and say like, you know what? It has affected us. And how can the gospel transform and continue? Because we've been talking about there's things in our culture now that we're like, uh, okay, <laughs> I need to. I, every every white person is not my enemy, and every black person is not a monolith, right? Like there's these things that maybe our culture c- tries to to bring in, and it's like, you know what? No, uh, nah, 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 nah. we don't we don't need that. The gospel transforms. Yes. Um, and also, there's good things. There's things that. You know what? Being an American is not the evilest thing in the world. <laughs> when I go everywhere, I'm not just you know this. Um, and being an Indian is is not like lesser than. Mm-hmm. They're both valuable. Yeah. Um, and the gospel reaches it's all. Bro, I I love that. Even as you're saying that, I'm thinking this this. Let's see if I can remember it the same way that I was thinking about it. We society now makes us look for the differences, yeah. for the purpose of segregating, hating, and discriminating. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a gospel lens should have us being completely aware of the differences. Yeah, exactly. But with the intent of reaching them Correct. within those differences. Correct. It's like that's that's how the gospel should frame the way that we... So it's not like we're unaware that these things are happening. No. It's not like we're pretending that these things don't no. exist and we're all the same because we're all children of God. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. We understand and respect other people's experiences and yeah. realize that the gospel has a way. And that actually takes a lot of patience on our part to say, you know what? How can the gospel come from me to reach someone else? How can the gospel come from someone else of a different background to reach me? Boom. Bang. I love that. I think, yes, exactly. How, how can I get it from, from, from the other person? It's not just me giving, giving, giving. It's, it's I'm receiving from them too because the Holy Spirit is working in all people. He's trying to lead us all to Jesus and, and, and closer to God. And and I think when it comes to conversations of racism and, and, and sexism and all these other things that we face, like I don't think the gospel says, well, it doesn't exist. You know, hey, I'm colorblind. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, hey, get over that, brother. We're in Jesus now. <laughs> no, there's been some hurt and trauma Thanks. that is real. <laughs> it, the gospel does tell me, though, I don't stay there. Yeah. Like, it's real, and I need to be able to speak it, and we need to be able to acknowledge and not poo-poo it or look down and say, hey, 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 we don't talk about that here. <laughs> no, we talk about it, 
We don't talk about it for it to stay right. and to be like, well, this is where I am and I will never leave it. No. Hey, this is where I, I, I am and this has been my experience. Man, how can we make? How can the Holy Spirit lead us to not do those things again? How can the Holy Spirit lead us to have better experiences? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think that's because I think that's why some of this conversation is hard to have is because um, on either side um, of some of these issues or on all these issues, it's like if we talk about it, then it's gonna come out and oh, then we're gonna be enemies or we're gonna be like this and it's like nah, like. That's how we move forward. Yeah. And and all the experiences, I think just like we started this, all the experiences are needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there needs to be the experience of, you know what? I have felt the sting of discrimination. I have felt the prejudice. I have I've been, because I have an uncle that told me a story of he, he walked into um, a non-regional church and they said, oh, we think you'd be more comfortable over there. Wow. Right at the regional church down the street. No, that's not the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Um, let the person make that decision of where they're comfortable. Um, so we need to hear that story and be informed by it and, and how we're treating people of other races. And then we also need to, to be informed by the stories of that we have shared. Like, man, you know what? It is possible that, you know, I grew up in a place and I have learned to value the Hispanic culture and love it. And, and, I, have, and I love that I have friends of different shades and varieties and backgrounds and races. And, and I need to continue learning to appreciate and grow there. And, and I can live in harmony with them. I can be like, yo, that's my boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we need them all. We need all the stories. We can't just say, hey, there's the single story. Right. I think that's a book by, oh, what's her name? Chinadi Azuke or something like that. Uh, uh, Ghanaian, Nigerian author, The Danger of the Single Story. Mm. On either side, mm-hmm. there's a danger of the single story. Whew, so. <laughs> that's some deep stuff, man. Yeah. Yo, I I want to wrap it up by saying, like, we have all these cultural conflicts that go on today and all these different sides where we're right. No, we're right yeah. about how we do this thing. But if we can look back to Christ and the way that he interacted with other people, we can see that he treated people who weren't like him and people who were like him the same. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he found a way... And it's not the same like he did the same things towards all of these different groups of people. Yeah. He treated them the same as in he loved them all, and he found different ways to express that based mm. on where they were coming from. Wow, wow, wow. And yeah. if we can embrace that kind of a mentality today as Christians, yeah. that, that word does come from Christ, right? Yeah. That, that, that is the root. It, <laughs> that is the root. I, I'm, I'm not mistaken on that, right? No, Do no, I no. need to go to the Greek to confirm it? <laughs> <laughs> well, according to, <laughs> we'll leave that alone. <laughs> but the point stands, we can see from Christ's experience, and I think it's more worth it for us to look back to that instead of what we define as tradition, the things that we do. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get off of the things that we do and start looking more to the things that Christ did, mm, and, and maybe it'll yeah. help us a little bit moving forward. Yeah, no, amen, amen, and I think we'll... You know, as you spend more time with Jesus and you look at Jesus, um, I think you do start to see the, the value in people mm-hmm. and, and the differences um, that we have. And I guess the last thing I'll say is, like, man, we should take advantage of the, the experiences to get to know people from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I have loved Andrews because of that is because, like, I've just learned there are, it's so diverse here. There's people with different backgrounds. Um, 
and diversity is not just about saying like, oh, look at all the five friends I have from these different races, <laughs> but learning, like having the conversations, having the, oh man, like you're called, you guys do it like this, we do it like this, and growing through that process. Yeah. That's where the gospel meets real life, not just saying like, oh, I have a black friend, a white friend, a Hispanic friend, an Indian friend, and boom, 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 boom. But like, no, I've been informed by how they live life, and they've been informed on how I live life and how mm-hmm. I see the world, and we move together, move forward. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's always my encouragement. That's what I, I, I want to do more of is, man, embracing what I have around me and learning from it. Oh, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. man. Hey, I've learned a lot from this conversation. Hey. Definitely had a blast. Hey, a lot sure. of good laughs. And you know, you know there's more to come, man. We just <laughs> oh, for start sure. out. Oh, for sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure. But, yo, thank you all for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share. If you're listening to the podcast on Go The Mission, do the same. Yes. Share it with someone. And if you have any comments or questions about anything you heard, feel free to drop it in the comments or reach out to me via email as well. So until next time, Mr. Buff Missionary, and remember, to exist is not enough. Mm-mm. We out here to be out here. So be. Let's go. Till next time. Peace. Peace.